Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A great evening, a great morning, or a great afternoon to you, however you may be listening and wherever you may be listening. This is the Man on the Post podcast. I'm just in a fantastic mood. I don't know about the rest of you because I've been told by our boss Ross that this uh, podcast is 70% English orientated, so I may have just lost a whole bunch of followers by doing this. But you join us on the evening where England were knocked out of the World Cup by Croatia, reaching their first World Cup final ever in their history. Um, I honestly could go on for half an hour about this, but so be the rules, I honestly can't. So it just gives me great pleasure to introduce our panel for tonight. I've got three of our wonderful guests uh, wanting to share their views on the England game. Uh, First off, I shall introduce uh, my partner in crime from the Sunday show. It's James Rowe from the Netherlands. James, evening to you. Good evening, everybody. Good. Um, Ryan, from wherever Hello. it is, his Skype thing said Northampton. I don't know if he's still there now. Oh, he's in all know. of our hearts. That's where he is. <laughs> and, that, and that voice you heard is the voice that I'm only really dealing with for the very first time. It's Jessie. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Calling all the way from America. Jessie, how are you? I love that you said dealing with. You know exactly exactly what the next half hour is well, going to entail just from that alone. Well, I'll, I'll, I don't acquaintanceship, friendship, professional relationship got off to the bad start when I said I didn't like Diego Forland. So it. That's, yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah, so know. I'm trying to keep on. A, I'm trying to keep on a good side. Um, but anyway, let's just kick off with. Yeah, I'm sure you all know the result. England one, Croatia two. I can't really keep the joy out of my voice enough. Um. I've really, there's only really one place to start, and that's how did we get to this? How do we get to this result? I don't want, I don't want a minute by minute breakdown of the game, but just how did England go from such a dominating position in the first half, could have scored two or three, to just from the second half onwards, just running completely out of steam? Ryan, I shall kick off with you. Well, it's a difficult one. I mean, I've sort of in our uh, group WhatsApp, I've sort of someone sort of said you know how do we get to the result and you know i'm not yeah i'm not going to do a minute by minute but we had one shot on target the entire game uh, you know at the end of the day you can't win games with with those type of stats uh we got the opening goal and i thought we were very dominant at that first half we had all the momentum but we just didn't carry that on into the second i think we got a bit too negative on the ball um and we just we let them control the game and then midfield started to pick up the pace. And I think, if anything, Croatia's game plan was quite good. I'm, I'm sure they wasn't they weren't expecting to concede early on, but they sort of held their they held their reserve for the first half, and then came in for that second half, raring and ready to go. And they just did not roll, they did not stop relenting at that point. Um, and it was to be honest, they were much the stronger side. 
yeah, you in the s- second half and especially extra time. Yeah, you say they were a stronger side. Was that something that they you know were from the get go and just got caught off by uh, by the early goal, or do you think that it needed that early goal just to sort of wake them up a bit? Uh, I think I think they were the best side in the second half and, and extra time onwards. I thought England. Despite the early goal, I think we were, we showed a lot of passion and, and energy from that first whistle. Um, but then second half, we didn't show that same enthusiasm to get the ball. James Ryan talks there about um, a bit of enthusiasm and you know having a good second half. Was this a was this as much get us out as much a mental mm-hmm. issue or was it a tactical issue for you, James? Um, I think a little bit of both. I think uh, I think when uh, Walker got booked. For um, for handling the ball and, and and being a bit petulant, obviously in the back of his mind he's thinking if I get booked again I miss uh, I miss a potential final. So obviously we're one nil up at that time. And tactics tactics as well. I agree with Ryan. I thought that um, the the Croatian midfield was very strong. Uh, Perisic hit hit the post as well when they uh, once they received their um, they got their equaliser. And I, I think it was maybe a little bit of eagerness, you know to get over the threshold of reaching a final again for the first time since 1966. But if, if I'm brutally honest watching the game tonight, I, I believe that Croatia deserved to go through. You know, to, for, to have one shot on target to Croatia seven, for them to tactically plan their substitutions, that's just that little bit better. And you see that uh, at this level, the small details make such a huge difference. Yeah, James, you've been uh, sort of, um, I, I wouldn't say a critic of Gareth Southgate, but you've been somewhat sceptical of him in the past. Do you think that the uh, the pressure of being 1-0 up in, in a World Cup semi-final got to him a bit? Because I just think the tactically and the way that he dealt with substitutions and game plan during you know as the game progressed just seemed rather odd. Do you think that was just sort of naivety from him and something that will come better and something that will come better with time? Um, I think it will come better with time, and I agree that it was slightly odd. But that's that's why I was banging the drum before the tournament that experience experienced managers at this um, at this level can make a huge difference. You know, you saw with uh, Didier Deschamps with the squad that he's brought um, with France. You know, it's not just their world class players; it's, it's the finding of a, a player like uh, Benjamin Pavard, who's uh, not just been brought into the squad but plays in an important position and it's, it and can be um, fully accounted for getting them to the final as much as uh, Mbappe and Griezmann. So um, I think um, I think you'll see Southgate improve as time goes on, but I think nobody can take away from the fact that uh, nobody expected England to get to the semi-finals. It's a great it's a great achievement, and um, we can all take heart from it and hopefully build a stronger base. Um, in terms of uh, looking forward to Euro 2020. Indeed. Now, Jesse, do you think that, you know, there was a lot of talk coming from, you know, mainly the English media and the English fans talking about how this was the quote-unquote easy half of the draw to something that James really doesn't, James doesn't really like that phrase. But do you think that uh, Croatia deserve to be in the final or do you think they've benefited from, you know, not having to play any major opponents up, you know, up until England in the semi-final? Um, I think this World Cup, if it's shown us anything, has shown us that there really isn't anything easy. You know, we saw Germany go out. We saw Argentina. I really just wanted the excuse to say that we saw Argentina go out. So forgive me for that. Um, You know, I don't think there are easy matches at this stage. Um, And I also think that 
you know, we've spoken before about the Croatian midfield. I think Subasic has been incredible. Um, and Mandzukic has really stepped up and done what we've seen him do to some extent in the past without much consistency. And, and the consistency has, has come through here. So um, I think if, you know, if it's, it's hard to say that a team deserves that or not. You know, that's like, seems so pat. But if any, if any team deserves it, then Croatia deserves it. They did what they needed to do. And the fact is, this is the third match in a row that's gone into overtime for them. Um, you know, they've, they've collectively run. I can't do the math. What am I saying? I'm trying to add all those numbers together. Please. They've run like nine marathons, um, you know, in total. And I think that, so they had the, the physical stamina, but I think they had the emotional and mental stamina as well. And this was, um, sort of like a tale of two halves where England in the first half went in, put their heads down, got that goal and put Croatia on the back foot, but didn't keep that up. They went to bits after Croatia equalized and never really got it back together. Whereas Croatia used, you know, leveraged that goal and just did not give up. So, um, you know, whether they can take the mentality into the final and also somehow not get fatigued is, you know, anybody's guess. You, you mentioned fatigue, and that was, really, that was really going to be my next question. You know, this is their, you know, their um, round of 16 game went to penalties, their quarterfinal went to penalties, and their semifinal went to, you know, went to the end of extra time. Do you th- and given that France will have had an extra day's rest, do you think that they'll be completely spent when it comes to the final, or do you think that it's just, or do you reckon they'll just use that momentum? Will be able to uh, push them over the line and give a and give um, a pretty de- a pretty decent France side a pretty decent fight. It's difficult, um, isn't it? I think. Oh, that was aimed. That was aimed towards Jessie because she was the one talking. But, but, but by all means, Jessie, carry on. <laughs> but I agree. No, no, sorry, I, sorry I carry think on. That, um, <laughs> it's sort of hard to know. Um, there's also a lot of traveling for them to do. So I think that there's a lot to be said for the momentum and the high that they're riding on. Um, but I think they're going to be spending a lot of hours in uh, on ice and, and with their trainers working out these muscles. Um, so they really have to be smart about you know, physically how they go into this match to avoid cramping, you know, to avoid, I just, like the word hamstring just sort of gives me my own twinge. So I think um, this is where the players have to be, you know, their own best friends and be very, very careful about um, what they do in the next couple of days. Right, right. You were going to jump in. So I'll let you, I'll take, let you take the bat on after that. No, no, no. Yeah, I was just going to, I think it's, it's one of those things where momentum, and as just said, always, it is such a big thing. Um, but I think if you take the first half of this game for an example, I think they they did look tired. Um, so France France are a team that can dominate possession as well and make you you work for the ball or chase the ball. And I don't think England did enough of that in the second half. I think Croatia were, were right for the picking in terms of their legs. Um, in terms of if we would have played the ball around, uh, if we would have kept possession a bit more in that second half, I think they would have tired quicker, which would have given us, but because they had control of the ball, they could control their pace. And James, keep it nice and slow for them. Yeah. James, anything you'd like to add on the England-Croatia game before we move forward? 
Um, well, I just wanted to follow on from the point that we were talking about with Jesse and Ryan making the points about how Croatia will be uh, heading into the final. You know, I think the adrenaline will bring them a fair a fair way. You know, that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for all their players and their country, and everyone's going to rightly rev- revel in it. I think it's also apparent that the last three World Cup finals have gone to extra time. Um, I wouldn't necessarily rule it out in this case, neither. I think obviously France are the favourites for the final, but it's uh, this is an opportunity for Cro- that Croatia never really possibly expected, and maybe will never come again. So I think they're gonna they're gonna be ready for it. They're all gonna want to play, and I don't think the final is gonna be. Yes, France are favourites, but I don't think it's gonna be as clear cut as what everybody thinks it's gonna be um, in uh, in the last few minutes since the final lineup has been made. Uh, it's been it's been made known. Yeah. Um, just one point, uh, James sort of mentioned it earlier on and that England now have a sort of a decent base to work on for Euro tw- uh, 2020. You know, that that squad, it's more or less going to be the same squad. There's not as if there's an ageing player who's on their last, like, you know, maybe maybe Jamie Vardy at a slight push, even though I think he'll be 31, which is not old by any stretch of the imagination. But... Do you think that Thank you for putting it that way. That just personally made me feel a lot better. <laughs> um, do you think now that England... I uh, remember it was either Greg Dyke or Greg Clark. I always get them confused. Um, said that England should be targeting the World Cup in 2022 or the Euros in 2020. Do you know that this makes England favourites? I mean, admittedly, two years out. But do you think that this makes England favourites for Euro 2020? given that uh, I think the final is at Wembley. So there'll be that extra incentive sort of added on to it. Uh, Ryan, I'll go, I'll go to you. Uh, I don't think, I don't think favourites is, is a, is a thing for, for us really. I, th- I think it's a case of you, you're right. The, the, the core spine of this team will be around for the Euros and more likely the, the next World Cup as well. Um, the, the thing about England is, and, and I'll probably get some hate for saying this, is I think we were quite fortunate to get to the semi-final. Um, I thought against Colombia when we conceded, we looked mentally weak, and I think that's going to be the biggest thing to work on. Is not the technical ability of these players, but their experience in handling situations in terms of conceding late or conceding goals and then being able to trick themselves back up. There was a lot of parallels between the Colombia game and this one in terms of what happened when we conceded. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't consider us favourites per se. Um, I think we just need to work on our open play situations. I think, you know, what, what we've got 12 goals, nine came from dead ball situations. That, that's not a great ratio for us in terms of, you know, if we don't get that many set pieces, then we'll, we'll be in a bit of trouble. And then that's just the way that our, our tactics are set, I reckon. Indeed, and do you think that now Gareth Southgate, seeing that he's gotten to the semi-final with a certain way, with a certain way of playing, do you think now he'll take those two years to slightly develop it, or do you think, hang on, we got to the semi-finals and really probably just uh, ran out of ran out of uh, legs, ran out of juice in the semi-final? This method could work again, or do you think he's going to tweak things over the next two years? Definitely tweak it. Yeah, I think he needs to. Um, I think it's it's a good foundation, um, but it'll be good to see how he can work on that and, and improve us going forward. Okay, there you go, Ross. I've made this an England-centric podcast, so please don't fire me. Now, moving <laughs> forward, we get to talk about the World Cup. Fi- I mean, we don't really want to preview the third, fourth place playoff, do we? I mean, 
Who cares about that? I mean, exactly. Yeah, no. We I'm, I'm sure England and Belgium won't. I was going to say, strictly speak, strictly speaking, that's this the next game. Basically, like Tottenham playing itself. Yeah. So yeah, what could go a, wrong? That's a fine point. Yeah, stri- strictly speaking, that's the next game, but we're going to skip over that. World Cup final now, France versus Croatia. France are going to go into it as the heavy, heavy, heavy favourites, especially, as I mentioned, with, you know, people, the bookies will put the fatigue factor into this. James, do you think it's as straightforward as it seems for the French, or do you think the Croatia can put up a decent fight? Um, I think that... I don't think it's, it's as straightforward as, uh, as what France will th- uh, think it is. And I think that Croatia will put up a fight. France choked two years ago in the final uh, in Paris against Portugal. I think they expected to win that game. The danger comes if they expect to win this one as well. They've got to learn from the experiences of two years ago. They're going to have a, a pumped up but yet tired um, Croatia team. that Adrenaline is going to push them very far. Um I don't think it's going to be as clear-cut as what everybody makes it out to be. All World Cup finals are are, are different in their own right. You only have to go back to to four years ago with Germany, Argentina going to extra time and um, the Netherlands, Spain going to extra time and in 2006 going to to a penalty shootout. You know, these these are always close affairs. They're never never games that are decided after 60 minutes or at least haven't been in the last um, three or four World Cups. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people think it will be. Okay, Ryan, how do you see, you know, we're still uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four days out from the World Cup final. How do you see, how do you see it playing out? Uh, I I rate France quite highly. I think they've they've handled each game really well. Their game management has has been really brilliant. So I think it's going to be, I think they'll know that Croatia could be quite fatigued. And I think as touched on it earlier, they will control that game. They will control the pace. They will speed it up when they need to, and they will slow it down when they need to to benefit them, not Croatia. Um, so I think uh, I'm going for France to, to be the winners in that one. France win. Jesse, are you going to make it a, a straight three or a complete three? I don't think I can since France eliminated Uruguay. However, I don't believe in people who don't like Kylian Mbappe. So let's just make that my sentence. Okay, that's a cryptic one. Um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this on the Sunday slash Monday podcast or if I've done it during the World Cup, but I have been saying for months that I think France. I did say did say for months. I think probably since the draw, the France are going to win the World Cup. So I'm going to stick with that. That being said, I did when I did my wall chart of integrity before the World Cup started. I did have them losing to the Germans in the final, so I'm just going to keep some sort of momentum and go with France to win in the final, so that makes it a complete four. Now, time for our debate, and it's something that Ross wasn't quite happy with us doing, <laughs> but I'm going to stick with it, mainly because I think I might be the only one in the country that has this view, so I'm going to play it over to you and see if you can change my mind. Um, I saw a tweet this week, I can't remember when it was or who it was, um, questioning whether or not England would have gotten this far if Sam Allardyce was still in charge. And my view is, given what we know has gone previously, given what we know in hindsight, I absolutely think they would. Mainly because I think Gareth Southgate was appointed after Sam Allardyce was sacked after the first qualifying game, which was a win away in either Slovakia or Slovenia. One of the two. Slovakia. Slovakia, thank you. Um, Now, given the way that that group was... England were always going to top that group. I don't care that Scotland gave them a hard game. I don't care that 
it was hard to be sort of a, England were always going to top that group which would have put them in the same position with this group with Belgium uh, Tunisia and Panama England would still have finished second because an England team under Allardyce would have beaten Tunisia would have beaten Panama and probably still would have lost to the Belgians so it probably still puts you in the same situation a Gareth, uh, Sam Allardyce team would have seen out that game against the, against Colombia so they would have won that game anyway, regardless of how it went through extra time penalties. They would have won that game. You saw how Sweden played in the quarterfinal. A, a big Sam Sam, a big Sam team would have won that game. Simple as. So and then lose to Croatia in the semi-final. We won't know, but the fact is England made the semi-final. I think England would have made exactly the same progress, losing in the semi-final, maybe even winning the semi-final against the Croatia against Croatia. So, that's what I think. I think England would have made the semi-final with Sam Allardyce still in charge. All credit goes to Gareth, for, to Gareth Southgate for, you know, changing the team up a bit. Three at the back, bringing in Harry Maguire, such and such. But does anyone here think that I'm wrong and is willing to try and change my mind? Is, I'll open up the mics. Bearing in mind that we've yes. got about ten minutes. Ryan, go. Uh, Ryan, you go first. You are wrong. <laughs> okay, go on, bring it. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I think... You know, I think the biggest thing is the squad would be different. Some others would, would not pick the same players. Um, I also think, and the, the biggest thing is, oh, I've been thinking about it since you, you asked the idea about it, is football is such a, a 50-50 game in terms of uh, things can change on a, on a coin flip. You know, that Tunisia game, what if that gain second goal doesn't go in? That changes the complexion. You know, what if we only get a couple of goals against Panama and our motivation isn't great? What if, you know, Yanazai's uh, shot in against Belgium hits the post. It, it's, it's, I know it sounds silly. It's one of those things that I think Sam Allardyce, I don't think, would have been the man to take us here. I don't know. I think y your argument makes sense in terms of each game that would have happened probably would have gone a similar way. But so many things could have changed. And that's the thing. If we if we replayed this World Cup, we could be seeing a final of Germany and someone else, for example. Yeah. This, this has been such a weird World Cup, I think. All credit to Southgate. I think uh, I think his, his tactics have been a little bit uh, sort of difficult at times. Sam Allardyce. I think we would have seen Rooney in that squad. You know, we probably would have seen a few other players drop out and miss out that we wouldn't have seen um, this time around. I think that's probably the biggest thing is the squad would be different, and I don't think there'd be as much hype about it. Ryan, I um, messaged Chris that with an Allardyce team, Rooney would still be captain, John Terry would be in the back, and the Sun would be posting something about John Terry's personal life that nobody wants to hear about anyway. Um, and there was no... They would probably flame out in the round of 16. Football would not have made it that far home, you guys, is what no. I'm saying. Right, right. Sorry, Ryan, I absolutely take... Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt just... Ryan, I absolutely take your point that the squad would have been somewhat different, but I think that some of these players, you know... It's not like Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire would still have gone if Sam Allardyce was in charge. It wasn't. That wasn't a Gareth Southgate. I think the England squad. Me, me, and James and Marcus talked about this before. The England team more or less picked itself. The England squad more or less picked itself. It wasn't a case of who the manager was. It's just a case of who the English players were, um, and how well they played coming coming into the tournament. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's the guy. I think we probably would have seen someone like Wilshere going. Yeah, I think some of us would have picked those players. I have to say, also Trippier, and I'm not saying this is his first fan, but I think we really saw him come out and 
play better than I, I ever expected personally. And I wonder how much of that had to do with Southgate himself. I think Trippier's been the England player of the tournament, personally. That's a shout. The... I would say yeah, I would say he's been the player of the tournament. I saw him first play live when I went to watch Arsenal Burnley in 2014. Arsenal won 3-0. And you could tell even then he was a very, very good player. And he's built up an awful lot of experience before he came to the Premier League at Championship level. And he, he didn't look out of place in this World Cup. I think he can be... Uh, he can be proud of his free kick tonight. Everybody will know who he is now, you know, which is a, which is a good thing for him, and he'll go on to build uh, more caps. So I think um, on on your um, debate question, Matt, I think um, Allardyce would have found a way to make qualifying a lot more sluggish and difficult than it actually could well have been, because because you got to remember that winner in uh, I think it was Bratislava, I think. Uh, that came in the 93rd, 94th minute. From yeah, Adam, Adam Lallana, yeah. And I'd, I think he would have made a very, not a hash of qualifying, but I think he would have made it a lot more difficult than what it actually would have been. But here's the so thing. I, don't think that, I, I don't think that would have necessarily helped. And although I've, I've, I've championed the, um, the South American teams on, on our previous Man on the Post uh, podcast this, uh, this World Cup, I would... The intrigue would be killing me to know how Allardyce would try to get the better over Colombia. <laughs> I'd love to know how he, in his head, he would. I can imagine he'd be better over, over, over Jose, Jose Pokémon, for example. I'd, I would love, I'd love to hear his horrible Spanish on the sideline, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, there was one more point that I was going to bring. Uh, actually, I'll throw it open to what James has pointed um with kieran trippy being england's man of the man of the tournament now i'll admit i come for this as an outsider but i think england's player of the tournament has been harry Maguire. personally i think i've said this for a number of months that harry Maguire is the best english center half in england i won't buy any of your john stones nonsense it is harry Maguire. it's um, also gary cahill we're talking about <laughs> oh honey <laughs> um <laughs> I personally, no, no disrespect or not taking anything away from Kieran Trippier, who has been fantastic, or Jordan Pickford, who I said last summer when he went last summer, when he went from Sunderland to Everton, that you know this guy being worth thirty million didn't make sense because he was coming from the team that's bottom of the league. I've, I'll gladly take humble pie on that one. He's he's done fantastically during this tournament. Um, I, I'd give it to Harry Maguire. James obviously gives it to Kieran Trippier. Ryan, do you have an England, an England man of the tournament? I'll probably go with Maguire as well. Maguire, Jesse, coming for another I'm outside. I'm shocked that Ryan didn't give it to a Chelsea player. I'm quite impressed. Are there any Chelsea players um, in the squad? Mean, as I say, is there any? I've been mean, lost the seat for the half an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he you could have. You could have even given it to I don't know Batshuayi from Belgium. I don't know. You could have figured out a way. I could have. I could have tried. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm thinking with Trippier. I am. I think he's real. I think you could make a case for Pickford, obviously. Um, but I think Kieran Trippier has really stepped out. Okay, so we've got a tie. So we got a, a joint, like in, like in the old days of the Charity Shield, when you shared the Charity Shield, we gladly present the England Man of the Tournament awards to both Harry Maguire and Kieran Trippier. Well done, lads. <laughs> 
I, I'm sure Ross will give will give the deciding vote in any matter. Um, other than that, I think that more or less wraps up anything that needs to be said. England lose in the semi final. Yes, um, we previewed the final to an extent. We can always you know if if you want, if the listeners want a full half hour World Cup final preview, just let us know. We're on Twitter at Man of the Post. Um, we've got a couple of minutes left. Is uh, is there any topics that anyone wants to bring up? Anything left? And I think the important, the really important question that I can't believe you guys haven't asked yet is, is Vita going to cut his hair or not? He needs to. That's yeah. the biggest thing. I don't think he will. Hmm. This is just, this is, a, this is a debate that I think is important to have. So thank well, you both for that. I think there is an important point to be made, and I saw this on Twitter, and I can't remember if it was any of you that retweeted it or not, is that Dayan Lovren, has played in a Champions League final and is about to play in a World Cup final in the same season. <gasps> oh, don't tell Chris. He's obviously Liverpool's best player. <laughs> He's the global best player. I mean, come exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> What's the problem here? Okay, right. I, th- I think that more or less wraps up. So all that's left for us to say is a very, you know, thank you very much for listening. We've appreciated your support all the way through all the way through this you know we've only got four days left of the world cup if it's sad to even say it um but thank you for joining us today and all the way through the tournament all that's left for us to say is thank you very much you can follow us on twitter at man of the post and you can follow each of us on twitter i am at matt reese 63 m-a-t-t-r-h-y-s 63 jesse is on twitter and she is at jesse loesch uh ryan is on twitter and he is at the ryan goodman and james is on twitter and he is at James Rowe NL. And one more thing to do. It's time for us to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Jesse. Oh, bye, everybody. It's a goodbye from Ryan. Goodbye. It's a goodbye from James. Goodbye, everybody. And it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. And please always remember to have your man on the post.